You are listening to the teaching ministry of Bay Ridge Christian Church. The following teaching was given by one of the missionaries that our church supports. Jesus has called the church to go into all the world and proclaim the good news, and our support for missions is an important part of fulfilling the Great Commission. We hope you enjoy this teaching and are encouraged to participate in the great task of taking the gospel to all people. Introducing Keyshore in just a moment, and uh, they work with the group known as Advancing Native Missions. To remind those who don't know, uh, Advancing Native Missions is a group through which we actually support four different missions uh, works that are going on. The two in India, Himalayan Inland Mission and ba Bombay Teen Challenge, which we'll be hearing about this morning. One down in Indonesia that I won't give the name of right now or anything because that one's more secretive. And then Demir Splajarik, who we've had speak here before from Croatia. And so uh, I want to remind us in doing this, this is really important. We, we sang a song this morning, May the Peoples Praise You, which is out of Psalm 67. And that psalm is one of my favorites. And it's really kind of a tagline for our congregation because we are blessed so that we can be what? A blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing, and that's what missions work is about. God has saved you and I and given us mission, and he calls us to be engaged. And so we're going to be hearing this morning regarding what's going on in India. I remind you in a few minutes, we're going to have the missions team going to be forward and praying for them, but also we're going to take up a love offering, so be asking the Lord because we get the privilege of being engaged. God has blessed us. We get to bless and see the gospel go forth. So I'm going to turn it over to Mark, and he'll introduce Keyshore, uh, and we'll hear this morning about what God's doing. Thank you. Thank you, Brett. Praise God. You're hearing on this? Good. Okay. You know, I just want to remind you, I just had the privilege of meeting Melissa, Melissa, and uh, what a blessing. Thank you for being here and loving Jesus. And, and she reminded me that God uses the least, and the least are sometimes the greatest in the kingdom of God. And I had the privilege of, of serving and helping being an assistant to Kishar Pandagadi from India. And here's a man who grew up often living under a bridge or on the street, one of the untouchables of India, that God has gifted and used so greatly that he was able to go through and get a couple of master's degree in theology and, and divinity, become a teacher of Bible, and even a, uh, the principal of a, a Calcutta Bible College, speaks eight, nine languages of Indian languages, and God has used him. He was a missionary up in northeast India for 11 years and now is actually the, the regional director for South Asia, which includes all those countries, Pakistan, Bangladesh, India, that were once under British rule. And uh, it just, I, it's a privilege for me to work with, with Kishore and just serve and try to help him be effective as he, as he administers the, the advancing native mission relationships with indigenous missions, people out there that you and I will never hear their name. And, and he's encouraging and, and helping to support and their work and, and their ministry. And so I, I wanted to call your attention. On the way out, 
there's some literature out there that you can pick up that tells you more about the work of advancing native missions and all the people that have never even heard the name of Jesus Christ, let alone having been invited to put their faith in him. And then, just lastly, you know, I, when we talk about missions, I'm, I'm so grateful for your church because you are a mission-minded church. You have that in your heart and your DNA, I think. But every one of us in the kingdom of God, we're either called to be a missionary or we're called to be sending missionaries. And if you're not called to be that missionary like an international missionary, we're all called to testify to the name of Jesus, right? Yeah, I mean, that's a given, that we're called to, to name the name of Jesus and never be ashamed of his name. But we're not all called to be missionaries out on the field, but we are called to send. And one of the ways that we can be sending missionaries is not just giving, which is part of it, but I think the most important is to be in prayer. And whether you're going or whether you're sending, we need to be praying. And I would like to encourage you to grab a, uh, this card. Kishore and his wife, Sheikah, are the ones administering the, the relationships over there in India, in South Asia. And if you are not currently praying by name for anyone, or if you can add somebody by name to pray for, please pray for Kishar and his wife, Shika. And just by side, if I can take just a moment, his wife and his two lovely daughters are in India right now, and they have to get passport renewed and a new visa in order to come back and, and attend Un, uh, Liberty University in the fall. And if you know anything about the bureaucracy in India, it's a zoo. I mean, it, it, it's a mess. And they need prayer to get through that whole bureaucratic mess to be able to get back in time for school. So let me just pray for them briefly. Father, just pray for Shika and Catherine and Karen as they go through that bureaucratic mess in India that you would give them grace and favor and hasten that process so they can come back in time and just lift all of them uh, that your spirit would be at work. And so, Father, I just ask you as Kishore comes that you would lead him and guide him and lead us as we listen to what you're doing in India and can do even through this relationship with this congregation. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. I speak like Indians, okay, so my voice is very loud. <laughs> okay, all right. Thank you, Brother Mark, uh, uh, Brother Mark Johansson, and uh, his wife, uh, Sister Alice. They have been such a blessing to us, to our family. And uh, he has been a great blessing to me in the workplace. And he has traveled to India many times, and he has blessed many ministries. And he works behind the curtain. We don't know. Only in eternity we'll know. But God has, um, you know, done through he, he, his life and through his wife's life. Also like to thank uh, the church. Uh, thank you for inviting us to give a report uh, and then uh, give a brief about what is happening in South Asia. Uh, thank you, Pastor Brad. Am I correct? Yes. Pastor Brad. You know, some... Uh, yeah, <laughs> Pastor Brett, you know, it's, it's, you know, it is something interesting about him. You probably don't observe, but I did. Um, number one, he has the same height. He has not changed. <laughs> 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 he, 
he has the sm- uh, same voice, you know, <laughs> and he has a sm- uh, what they call a s- same smile and the joy of the Lord. <laughs> Amen. So praise God for, for, for him and his uh, uh, ministry of the gospel. I have a report on Bombay Teen Challenge, and it's a huge report. Uh, but, you know, let me encourage you that Bombay Teen Challenge ministry is doing great work for the Lord. Uh, they have rescued you know, hundreds and thousands of children, and they are still doing it. And God is using their steps and, uh, and Brother K.K. Devraj amazingly. Uh, Bombay Teen Challenge is located in a very uh, important and strategic city called Bombay, or we call it Mumbai, and all of you probably know about, about it. And it's a very difficult place to rescue the children, but they are trying their best, and they're, they are doing whatever they can in order to grab this small, tender, young children from the streets and from, you know, being trafficked. Okay, so um, just to give a zest on their mission and what they have done, they have fed 43,218 people so far, including children. And so that's amazing. It's a huge number. And then they have counseled 1,642 children. And uh, as a result of uh, counseling, many have given their hearts to the Lord. It's not easy to counsel the children who come from, uh, you know, from the street and from the slums. And, you know, they are abused and they are suffered and it's hard on them. But yet God uh, begins and God is speaking to their hearts and they are turning to the Lord. And uh, there were some cases that they were affected by some sicknesses like uh, TB and, and so many other sicknesses. So they have rescued 100, 120 individuals and they were admitted in the hospital and now they are taking care of that. So they, they do have lots of needs and I have reported and all individual stories are here in a very brief way, but I have no time uh, to explain that. But if, you know, if the church wants this report, I'll be glad to hand it over. Yeah. Uh, then uh, Himalayan Ministries, uh, run by Sadhu Sundar Singh's son Pradeep, and they are doing incredible work. They have recently baptized uh, many young people. Um, they have started new homes. I think 42 new homes have been established, and uh, the church is growing, and, uh, and the Lord is using each one of them, each of the missionaries under this ministry, include, in, including the leadership, and God is really doing amazing things. So thank God for that. Uh, I don't want to speak on these two ministries particularly. I want to give you a broad um, um, perspective on what God is doing in South Asia. Now, it's easy to sit here and worship the Lord, but there, maybe now, at this moment, there is a fear. People are afraid. And, uh, you know, they have a lot of challenges, especially the believers and the churches. And so I'd like to bring something, uh, give a little bit about what AM is all about. Uh, you, pr- you probably know what AM is doing around the world. And um, AM is connected with, you know, nine regions all over the world. So we have 263. Missionary, um, missionary partners in 83 countries right now, 
and we have all together about 10,000 missionaries that we are su supporting around the world. So God is doing amazing things and all the details are um, in these flyers over the table there. So please grab them and, uh, and, and pray so that God will hasten and do the work that is so important to reach out the unreached people's group. Uh, I like to read one portion for you from the Bible and then I will go on, on, uh, on the slides. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 6 says, Then I saw angel, I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. And then Matthew chapter 24 and verse 14 says, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached throughout the world as a testimony, and then the end will come, and we are part of this commission. God has called each one of us to play a strategic role in order to reach out the souls that are still searching for the living God. Coming back to uh, South Asia. Now this map uh, does not show uh, you know, all the details about India and other, and other countries around. But let me explain you briefly, South Asia has the major world religions. All the, you know, the big religions are actually sitting over here in South Asia. And uh, South Asia has Bangladesh, Bhutan, India, Maldives, Nepal, Pakistan, and Sri Lanka. These are um, very difficult countries, very difficult countries. Okay, the next slides. Um, okay, go, go on, yeah. All right, that's, this will give you a little bit um, the percentage of Hinduism and so on. Um, Islam, 13%, and then next one. Uh, Buddhism, uh, Buddhism has very less percentage, but they are part of India again, part of Hindu culture, and so we don't have particular, you know, a percentage on that. And then communism and Maoism still rules in India, in uh, India and in Nepal, so they they also make it very difficult for the gospel. And then the, the next one, next one, please. Okay, all right, so social uh, political issues. Caste system is still prevalent in India. And Mark has already told you that I come from, a, the, from the lowest background. You know Dalit, you have heard name Dalit? Yeah. yeah, okay, some of you have heard. Dalit are actually the low caste, the lowest one, that they don't even deserve anything. No, they don't even deserve life. They are supposed to be treated, uh, treated animals. And so that's the background I come from. And uh, God has just raised me up, and I'm, I praise God for that. Okay. Amen. Uh, next one. Uh, have you heard about the word sati? Uh, not many churches uh, know about this. The word sati actually was very prevalent in 1947 and onward 
even way before, even when William Carey was here in 1893 uh, uh, onward. So when William Carey you know, saw this uh, evil of the society, he raised the voice for that. And sati simply man means uh, a young couple when husband dies. And so the death is because of maybe his wife or maybe because of her family. So they considered as curse. So when they burn his body, they also prepare his wife, living wife, alive wife, and they throw her into the fire to die with him or to be burned with him. And that was the that was the evil going on in India. And even now, this has been practiced in some of the places in India, in a very remote places that you probably don't even hear about it. So this is one of the dangerous things that you know, uh, happens in India. Next one, please. Then human sacrifice is still practiced in remote places. And this is not a new thing. Uh, there are a few cases in recent times that they were, you know, the children were actually sacrificed to the god and goddesses. And I was one of them. My father, uh, he took me in the wood and, uh, you know, he almost, you know, chopped my head before the goddesses called Kali. But my mother rescued me. But, I, I, you know, it's a long story again, but I don't have time into that. So that, it is still prevailing in India. Untouchability, it's another issue in India. The next one. Uh, then tribal issues, you know, tribal, I mean tribal uh, people, I'm married to a tribal woman, uh, my wife, Shika, she comes from a tribal background, but she's not considered as civilized, or her, her people, or tribal, uh, you know, in, in a whole sense, and so they are also looked down, but, you know, God is changing the hearts of people, and, uh, and the gospel is penetrating to these you know, to these areas and among these people, and God is transforming their lives, restoring their dignities and their worth of life. Only gospel can do that, my friend. Only gospel can do that, nobody else. Praise God for that. Uh, then poverty is a, it's a, actually a reality right now in India. Uh, by the way, India has improved a lot economically and uh, South, you know, South Asia region, in South Asia region, and also uh, in other regions, India has really uh, grown so much economically, but yet the poverty is still you know, a challenge in many ways, a big challenge. Okay, I don't have to explain that. You, some of you know about it. And human trafficking and prostitution, uh, it's just on rampant, just on rampant. You can, you can, you can imagine that parents, when they're, their daughter is just, you know, barely 13, 14 years, year, years old. They sell her. They force her into the marriage. And the guy who marries, he actually buys her. He doesn't marry her. And then he tried to sell her to somebody else in the name of marriage and so on. So this evil is still continuing in India and in South Asia uh, around. Okay, and I want to speak on this. Persecution is is just growing right now. Uh, believe me, um, persecution has really shaken up the church in South Asia. And I will explain you that a little by uh, next, on the next slide because I don't have much time into it. There is a government called 
BGP, Bharatiya Janata Party. Right now, it is ruling, and they are actually uh, Hindu fundamentalist. They are actually the Hindu militants, to put it in a uh, in, in a clear word, and they their whole target is to eradicate Christianity and Islam in India. Well, they cannot do anything to, uh, to the Muslims because they can retaliate back. But they, can, they know the soft corner for them is Christians. And so they attack Christians by various means. Mentally, they torture them. And if necessary, physically, they kidnap and they you know, beat them up. And they, you know, they do all kinds of things with both men and women. And then they take the law in their hands. The mob will gather together, and then they will kill them. And if you talk about constitutional rights, because our constitution does allow us freedom to propagate and to practice uh, uh, Christian faith. But the mob says, it is not the constitution. We decide. We decide. We want you to do one thing. Either you are reconverted in Hinduism, or you die, or you leave this place. So Christians have no choices left, my friends. They are sticking to their place and just looking at the Lord, and just praying day and night so that God would hear them. Persecution is good in many ways too. But, you know, but also uh, it, it, it increases the church or enlarges the church, in, in, uh, you know, enlarges the boundary of the, uh, the church. But also, they are human beings, right? They are human beings. They have children, they have wives, you know. And when they go for the gospel, when they go out to preach the gospel, no guarantee that they will come back safely. And this is happening, my friend. At present, this is happening. This new government is taking now and, uh, and, and actually propagating the hate, hate agenda through the flyers. They are sending all over, saying Christians are traitors. Okay, if you have chance, attack them ransack their churches, you know, vandalize their, you know, their furniture, do whatever you can and stop their worship. Stop their worship. Stop, kidnap these, you know, leaders, the pastors, the evangelists and missionaries and, you know, persecute them, beat them and kill them. We will take, we will handle that. We will cover that up. So this is happening opening, uh, openly under the new government. So check on the flow of uh, foreign funds, um, bank accounts and emails, introduce new IDs. Uh, it's called a Durpan. Durpan simply means a mirror. That means you will not be able to hide anything. We, the government will know every, everything that you possess. Your bank account, they know how much you have in your bank account under this ID. You buy anything, they know it. You go anywhere else, you know, you travel, you come back, they know all your movements. And alas, it is coming in America. It's coming. It's coming here, my friends, sooner or later. But thank, you know, thank God that he has, uh, he has allowed the grace. God is allowing the grace to this land and to the rest of the lands as well. Spying on churches, fellowship, conference, conferences, and individual movements, and then planning on systematic attacks on Christians in isolated places, villages, towns where Hindus are in majority. This is really happening, my friends. Okay, next. 
then present political, religious and ch uh, challenges in, uh, in South Asia. And I have already repeated that, but I, I wish I had more time to explain. Foreign funds restricted, you know, now then this, this new government, uh, which is running for, you know, from five to six years now, they are trying to stop their, and you, and, you know, we are sending funds, Mark and, Mark and I and, and my wife, we send the funds. Sometime it is sitting in the bank, not released, not given to the mission, mission partner. And they are also taking out their legal permission to receive the foreign funds. Orphanages are closed down all over in India. You know, uh, Compassion International? Yeah. Yeah, have you heard about that? That they have totally closed down a billion dollars in a project in India. There were 152,000 children at once. They were, they were you know, they're, they're gone back to the streets. So you can imagine the big projects like you know uh, compassion, and there are some small projects. All these children homes, orphanages are slowly shut down. Children privileges are curbed. Churches are attacked. Missionaries are harassed. Christian tourist visas are denied nowadays. You know, not many Americans or maybe Europeans Christians can go to India. They really you know scrutinize your purpose of coming to India. Then. Yeah, the beef eating prohibited, you know, cow worship, because this, this, these are all Hindu radicals. You enjoy beef here, right? You go to McDonald's and you get a, you know, <laughs> you, can just, you can just enjoy, but not in India. You cannot do that. It's hard. It's difficult. And they are making it a big political issue out of this cow worship. I mean, people are beaten up on the street, even if you speak to the cow, saying, get out of here, get out of here. Even if you say that word, there will be a mob around you, they will come with the stick and they'll beat you. They worship the uh, cows and so on. So that's the picture, okay. Uh, then wave of persecution in Bangladesh, uh, you know, six churches were attacked last year alone. And then Pakistan, the place of fear and uncertainty, of course, that's everybody knows. Sri Lanka, 20 violent attacks on Christians last year and one church was totally burned down. They are still recovering from that in a loss. Bhutan is totally considered as an, the Buddhist belief considered as a national heritage. The country Bhutan is a very small country neighboring to India, but it's totally close to the gospel. You cannot preach the gospel there. You go there in the name of Christianity or believer, or you preach the gospel, you'll be kidnapped and you will not, they will, you will never, you will never find the person back home. We don't know what they do. All right, next. The Maldives, how many of you know this small, tiny country, Maldives? Uh, yeah, okay. Maldives has 100% Muslims, by the way. You cannot be a citizen of that, uh, you know, that, those, uh, that island, small island, small country, unless you are not, um, you know, if you are not a Muslim. The Maldivian government insists that the country be run according to conservative Islamic creeds. Radical Islamic preachers exercise strong control over uh, social life, making it impossible for Christians to publicly acknowledge their Christian faith. There are tiny, you know, tiny group, small group, but they are all underground. Uh, and they cross the border uh, from South India and then in Sri Lanka, okay, somehow to escape uh, you know, uh, the wrath of the radicals. Christians living in the Maldives are under severe persecution, but radicals do not allow to make it known. So no media is allowed. 
you know, uh, even in, uh, if you are in prison, you, you, nobody will know what has happened to you. Okay, next. The recent attacks, uh, this is a very fresh news. On June 19, 2018, five Christians, um, Christian women, aged 20 to 35, abducted in Jharkhand and then gang raped in forest. And that's the state we are trying to reach out through, you know, our A&M. We have one ministry there, he's doing incredible work among these, uh, you know, uh, the radicals and Hindus. And he has brought many young people to the Lord. I don't have much time into that. On January 20, uh, 2018, the body of Pastor Gideon uh, was found hung from the thatched roof of his house a week after he complained to police about a position from radical Hindus. What, what does it mean? If you are persecuted, bear it. Don't go to police. You go to police, we'll kidnap your family and we'll kill you. So, you know, you are stuck. You have to bear it. On December 14, 2017, a carol singing group belonging to the Theological College in Satna, Madhya Pradesh, was detained by police following complaint from radical Hindu activists who accused the group of being involved in religious conversion or charge often leveled against Christians to target them. So these are some of the things happening right now in uh, India and in neighboring countries. Next, uh, churches are often demolished and burned, worship, ga uh, you know, worship uh, gatherings disrupted, crosses, you know, the crosses on the top of the churches in graveyards and uh, vandalized Bibles and other Christian literature confiscated and burned, pastors are beaten, jailed, Christians are often arrested and held for up to three weeks after being falsely accused of forcing Hindus to convert to Christianity. Okay, next. Um, Christians in Nepal facing, now this is uh, another country that the most, the Hindu religious influence is flowing into this country. This is a Buddhist country, by the way, and communist, both together. But now they're adapting the persecution uh, principles to disturb even uh, Nepal. So Nepali Christians are facing new pressures from their government after authorities deported a Christian couple for evangelizing Hindus. They were accused of violating terms of their business visa, but Nepali religious freedom advocate told CBN News the couple had a right to practice their faith. And because of that, they were given more torture. So even if you have a constitutional rights to do what you want to do as a Christian, and you know, uh, the adverse effect is your voice is suppressed and you are you know, under pressure. In October 2017, the Nepali government enacted legislation criminal, criminalizing religious conversion, which states that no one should be involved in or encourage conversion of religion. Those found guilty of violating the law can be sent to prison for five years and the torture. Next. <clears throat> but the good news is God is at work through our missionary partners. So that is something that we praise God for that, in spite of what is happening. Okay, just give the complete, uh, you know, the picture. In uh, 2000, last year alone, 6,000 and more were baptized. And more, I'll tell you, there, I don't have the perfect number, but we have um, 90 missionary partners in South Asia alone and more. But among them, I picked up only a few of them, but they have 
baptized more than 6,000. And 600 churches were planted. Around 10 and more children were rescued from being abused, child labor, and prostitution. Hundreds of children gave their hearts to the Lord. More students were graduated and were sent into mission fields as missionaries and evangelists. Sometimes we consider Bible colleges or seminaries as a, you know, what they call educational enterprise, but no, my friends. These young people are trained and they go into the mission field with fresh you know, spirit and win the souls for the Lord. Next. <clears throat> okay, so uh, we, last year we were, uh, in last year, November, we were uh, in Nepal. And this is a women team and I was leading this team. Uh, my wife is on the extreme right and then other uh, friends. And we attended a missions conference uh, for women and incredible, incredible reports came out, out of their mission work. These ladies, okay, let's go to the next. Uh, next, please. And that was the conference. Uh, the next one, um, okay, this lady, um, I, I mean, I admire about this lady. She was born in India, but somehow she faced the persecution right in her house but one day she met an evangelist. I'm trying to cut the in a long story short. One day she saw a evangelist preaching the gospel. She took it and, and she asked, what is this? And she said, this is about Jesus Christ. And uh, she said, I am not able to see properly. And he told her about who Christ is. She went home and she prayed to Jesus and her eyes were open. She was healed, completely healed. She was able to see clearly. Then she becomes so radical for the gospel, but she was persecuted in the family. She was thrown out of the house, and she has to run for her life. You know what? From Himalaya, India, she ran as a young woman in all fear and all kinds of you know, challenges, and she came to Nepal. She went into the Himalayan you know, and on the hills, and she settled down there. And she began to preach the gospel within no time. Here is the good news, my friend. God can use a woman, woman like, here, like her. He can use anybody else. Within three years, she was able to start 22 brand new churches. 22 brand new churches, not from any Christian, uh, you know, from anyone, taking from anyone, but absolutely from Hindu, you know, communities. And she is still doing great and mighty things. So what I like to say is this. This one person is an example for others, Amen. for other missionaries. They are doing incredible work. They are in the front line, and they are facing the challenges, but yet with all joy and gladness, they are doing what they are called to do. And how that happens? It happens through your prayers, and through your support. So do not hold your hands back. When you pray, Lord, allow me to use my resources for your kingdom, because there are souls, they are dying. We are hearing nowadays that the Lord is coming soon. Isn't that true? And we hear it everywhere. Everywhere. In every church, we, every day we hear the Lord is coming soon. The Lord is coming soon. Yes, indeed, he is coming soon. But there are still souls. They are waiting, and he is waiting for them. 
and he's waiting for us to move in action and so that we can play our part for his kingdom. And that's why I'm here, my friends. I'm not here to enjoy. You know, I've, I've suffered enough in, mission, in the mission field. I was arrested. I was beaten many times. You know, even my shoulders are even like crushed. I find it so difficult to sleep in the night. I have to turn every day, you know, on my this side, on this other, other side, because I was beaten, you know. But I take it joyfully, you know, because we have a great reward. You know, the Lord has blessed you, and the Lord has called you for his glory, added you into his kingdom with the specific purpose. With the specific purpose. And I want all of us to rethink what is my role in order to build his kingdom. That's where we are at. And that's the challenges. So let this happen. Let this church be a light and salt, not just in neighbor, neighbors, but around the world. Around the world. If, do, do I have next one? Next slide? That's the last one? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you and appreciate it. And may the Lord bless you. And may the Lord continue to use you for his kingdom. I think my time is almost up. And I don't take more time because... If I do, then pastor will not allow me next time to stand on the pulpit. In just a moment, we're going to pray for them and we're all going to be taking up a love offering. But I want to remind us again of why all this is so important. Um, the, the task in all of uh, South Asia there, but even especially in India, is so great because we we oftentimes think in terms of a huge country like saying india or america but they are broken down into many many different people groups many many different uh areas uh kishore mentioned briefly about the tribes and the languages and when i was in india a few years ago in assam province there were many indians who could not speak to one another there because they were from different tribes and they all spoke different languages. And so the gospel can make great penetration and in fact has in certain areas, but that doesn't mean it can get next door. Imagine if Maryland spoke a language and when you went into Pennsylvania, it was a completely different language and you can't talk. Well, the gospel might be flourishing in Pennsylvania and we would still be, ref be bereft of it down here. And I remind you, this is so important for us to understand. There are about a billion people in India. Many of them are in what is referred to as unreached people groups. There's very little penetration of the gospel. That's what Advancing Native Missions is about. We're grateful for the places where the gospel has penetrated, but there are many where it has not and you and I are blessed to be a blessing. And what a great time you and I live in. We, we can hear about this. Kishore can come here from India. We can go there. The first time, I didn't even realize it until a few years ago when we got back together here in America that when I was over in India, I had to separate out from the group because actually I was coming back here to do a wedding 
And so I had to leave the group and fly back to Calcutta, and I had like a five- or seven-hour layover, and I was like, what what am I going to be doing in Calcutta? And they said, well, somebody's going to meet you there. And it was actually Keyshore. We met in Calcutta all those years ago and spent time in fellowship before I went back to Bangladesh. You can't imagine what it's like to be in a place where there are hundreds of millions of people with little to no access to the gospel. And we have the chance. I want to encourage us for a couple of things. Remember, we, we've spoken before, and for those of you who are newer, you may not have heard this, but remember, there are three types of Christians. There are radical goers, there are radical senders, and there are those who are radically disobedient. There is no other option. There's no, well, they'll take care of theirs and we'll take care of ours. Our news is not talking about any of this because they don't care. Our news is into selling clicks on the internet. That's all they're concerned with. Our concern is the gospel. Our concern is people hearing. There are almost worldwide two billion people, two billion with a B, that if right now, an angel appeared to them and said, find somebody who can tell you about the gospel, they're going to be hard-pressed to do that. Hard-pressed to do that. And there are believers trying to get into those places. It was, some of you may remember this past year, there was an American young man who tried to get to a remote people group that's actually under India's care and control because he said those people have no access to the gospel. Okay, there was all this furor in the press because they don't understand. That's our chief desire and design and goal is to get the gospel there. And thanks be to God, when William Carey first went over there, a lot of people said, young man, if God wants to save them, he'll do it on his own. He doesn't need you. They apparently hadn't read the scripture, which says, yes, God does do it, but he does it through the means he's appointed, which is us. So we have the opportunity this morning to be able to give. We're going to take up a love offering in just a moment. Everything that comes in 100% is going right to Advanced Native Missions and their work that is going on there. Um, if you didn't bring something, you can write an IOU or you can jump out on our website. Uh, that's what I did earlier this week and you can go ahead and give. And again, everything that goes will go out to Advancing Native Missions. But I want to encourage you to give because we are blessed to be a blessing. And the way Advancing Native Missions works, and this is so important, when I was in Assam province, the day we were there doing a conference, some people who had been missionaries from America to India showed back up. The reason that they had been past tense was because the time came in the 1960s when they were kicked out. And India said, we don't want American missionaries here anymore. And so the work was left to native missionaries. We do a lot of support. Almost half of our missionaries we work with through this church are natives because it's a whole lot easier for Keyshore to reach people in India than it is for you or me. He already knows the language. He knows the culture. He understands what's going on. It's all very foreign to us. So advancing native missions exists to be that bridge so that you and I can give to people who are there doing the work. Did, did you hear 83 different countries that's going on? Did you say what well, was 10,000 missionaries total that are there and working? And we have the privilege of being part of that. So number one, I want to challenge you, dig deep and give. You have been blessed. And we are. We are blessed in this country. 
We are blessed beyond belief. I've been in Bangladesh and I've been in Niger. The poorest of the poor of the poor in America are wildly wealthy next to anything going on there. We are blessed. Dig deep and let's give. Secondly, I want to challenge you, however, we don't just give and then say, well, that's done. I've paid my bill. We need to be engaged in prayer. We are not in a holding action. We are on the offensive. And the good news is the church is so down in the mouth here in America. There are more people who are walking with Jesus Christ today from more nations speaking more languages than at any time in human history. It is a good time for the gospel. It is a glorious time for the church. We're getting all confused because, see, friends, the average Christian looks a lot more like Keyshore than they do like me. That's a fact. And thanks be to God, we can be involved in that. You can be doing missions work in just a couple of minutes and tomorrow and the day after. I encourage you. We pray every week, and it's easy for us to dig around in our wallet or be looking at the kids and kind of go through the motions and do all that. We are engaged in frontline spiritual warfare Every time we start praying for missions, you want to do spiritual warfare, pray for those who have not heard. Pray for the door to be open for the gospel. Let's ask God to be there and do it. It is a tough, tough call for them. You've got to have real wisdom if you're in a country that says no trying to convert people. You better walk close with the Holy Spirit and hear from him who you are to speak to, what you are to say, when you are to say it. But thanks be to God, we are supporting in places like Iran, where we heard from earlier this year, and in Indonesia and Croatia, and in India, we are involved in supporting people who are doing that. So if I can have the uh, ushers come forward, we're going to take up the offering, again, everything that goes in in this offering is going to go to the work of Advancing Native Missions. Just write down in the bottom for A&M or Love Offering or Missions, and we will, we will get everything to them. And if you didn't bring something, again, you can write an IOU uh, or go online. So we're going to pray and take up the offering, and then we're going to bring the guys forward to pray for them, Advancing Native Missions and those who have not heard. Father, we are so grateful that you have saved us. Lord, every one of us in this room, wherever we are from, whatever our background, nationality, language, education level, we were born dead in trespasses and sin. And you were rich in mercy towards us. Lord, we are grateful that for most of us here, we were born in a land with easy access to the gospel. Father, we are here because you have called us into your kingdom. You have shown us mercy. And God, our prayer is we want the peoples to praise you. And so we ask, Lord, as we give back to what you've given to us, Lord, you saved us, you blessed us that we might be a blessing. Lord, we ask that everything we give here, you would multiply, that you would extend it, and we pray that you would use it so those who have not heard would hear. And those who have not believed would have their eyes opened. 
and those who have never worshipped the one true and living God would become passionate worshipers and passionate missionaries to their own people. Father, hear our prayer and use this. And Lord, I pray As everyone gives this morning, I pray exactly what we've been mentioning, Lord, that you've promised in Psalm 67 that we have spoken, we have sung, and we now pray. Lord, I pray you would bless us that we could bless. Bless each person giving so that they can invest more in your kingdom. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we're taking up the offering, the missions team is going to be coming forward and going to be helping lead in prayer. I just need to get that. Uh, And I encourage you as the guys are up front and going to be prayed for that you would um, join us in prayer so that we can, uh, as a church, be praying together. Did you need to grab that? Sorry. Okay. And so if Mark and Keyshore want to come forward, okay. Well, that's all right. I think the others are, are not here at the moment. So we're going we're gonna to be praying for them. And I want to encourage you to please join with us in prayer. And again, this, this is where faith comes in. I, I want you to see, know, and understand this really is prayers not talking into the air. Amen. God Almighty hears, and he is pleased to respond and to send forth and do work. So let's pray together for God's worth and around the world, but particularly in India this morning. Heavenly Father, again, I thank you so much that these men have been able to come today to tell us more about um, what's been going on in, in South Asia. Lord, I'm just struck especially for, he was talking about the least of these, and particularly the children, and it breaks my heart to hear that there are so many children who, uh, for lack of funding, for lack of, uh, for, for government interference, that they are now back on the streets, that they are now back to the same situation they were in before. And Lord, I, I just want to pray that these hindrances, that these barriers would be crushed, Lord. I pray that this is something that, that is in your power, Lord, and we just ask for this today. Lord, I pray that the funding would be resumed, mm-hmm. that the orphanage would be restarted, yes, that Lord. the people that can go back out into the streets can go find these children and bring yes, them back Lord. into yes, the situations Lord. they were in before. Mm-hmm. Lord, I pray these children, they need, you know more than anything, they need the love, yes, they need care, they need food, they need shelter, they need so many things, but Lord, what they need most of all is they need hope, Lord. And their only hope is in you. Lord, I just pray Mm -hmm. that you would do these things for them. Father God, I am in awe of the way that you are growing the church. In the middle of fire with so much oppression and Governments trying to press down and eradicate, Lord, with all the political strife and concerns and the power struggles that go on, Lord, and they're just people trying to make the world the way they want it to be. And here we are as Christians saying, you don't have to. God is in charge of it already. He loves you. 
And I am amazed every time, Lord, that I learn that your spirit has gone out first, that a small booklet can minister to a woman and work a miracle Mm -hmm. right in her own little home and set a fire that blazes 22 churches, Lord. And nobody told her how, and nobody was able to reach her to teach her anything. And it's all you. And we get to be part of it. I get to stand here in my little home in Annapolis and put my hand on the shoulder of a man who lives in India who is reaching people I will never know, never see, never even be able to greet, but my heart can reach them. And I think ahead to the days in heaven when all the nations will be praising you, and I rejoice. And I think of right now, with all the troubles that they are dealing with, Lord, and the the weight of everything from whether their kid has rice or whether their father will be alive tomorrow. And I just ask that you pour out grace, provision, and abundant conviction, Lord. You say, Lord, that when you rescue a man, streams of living water will flow out. Lord, I pray for a waterfall in India that it would gush forth with power, with cleansing, with healing, Lord, that the governments would be in awe and amazed that they would see that Indians converting to Christianity are more Indian, not less. That they would be able to see that Mm. it's about Jesus, not America. Mm -hmm. It's about Jesus. Mm. And that they would look and see Jesus as the king of India. Mm -hmm. Mm. And Lord, especially personally, I pray for the men sons who are raised on the streets with no one to teach them grow into men who don't know anything lord there would be no traffic if there was not a hunger in the hearts of men to find the love that they're seeking and the intimacy and they're seeking and the and the sense of power that they need to have some control over their lives lord i know that there are real legitimate needs that get twisted and corrupted by sin by satan Lord, I pray that your spirit would go out, particularly on the men, that they would find good fathers, good fathers in the faith. Lord, it was one preacher who fathered Martin Luther and birthed an entire transformation of the gospel in entire regions of Europe. Lord, I ask for that for India, Lord, that you would fill them with your spirit, that they would know you as your father. In Jesus' name. Father God, I just want to add my prayers for the the government of India, Lord. I just ask that um, government officials at all levels would see the good that is coming from your church and that there would be freedom to preach the gospel and to do good works in in Jesus' name. Mm. 
Lord, I thank you that the, your church in India is everywhere, whether it is seen or unseen. Mm. And in Bhutan even, and in Nepal, which seems so closed, there are Christians who are little lights for you and sparks of the gospel going forth. And I just pray that you would fan those flames and that the word would go forth despite any persecution mm -hmm. or difficulties or um, rules that may be in place. Lord, we thank you that your word is more powerful. Yes, and we just yes, claim Lord. that for this whole regi region, mm -hmm. um, be it the furthest parts of tribal India or the slums of, of Mumbai and Kolkata. Mm -hmm. Lord God, thank you that you can do this. And we thank you for our, our friends and brothers here who are part of that great work. And I pray that you would encourage them and bless them and the, the thousands of others like yes, them uh, today, that they would know that you are their strength mm -hmm. and that your word can go forth through them. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, and we pray together for the work that you are doing through advancing native missions. Lord, uh, as Mark is here, I pray for him and the people who are back down in Charlottesville, Virginia, that are doing the work to help be the link between the American church with funds and prayers to get it to these places around the world. Lord God, I pray that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. Lord God, I pray that their work would be more effective than they even know, Father, from the person answering the phone uh, to people who are like Carl Gordon, Lord, who kind of overseeing the whole ministry. Father, I pray you would give them wisdom, vision, insight, zeal, Lord, that in every way they would multiply. Father, I've been so impressed when I've been down there at their humility, their zeal, their willingness to labor long and hard to support your work out in gospel frontiers, Lord. We pray that you would bless them, that you would give favor. Lord, I pray you would wake the American church, Lord, that our first desire and zeal would be to see the gospel go forth, that the first thing we would want to invest our money in first Lord God, would be the gospel going forth. And if we support nothing else, we would support their first. Lord, let A&M be part of that. Bless them. Father, I pray for Keyshore and all of the folks who are the native missionaries that are being supported, Lord, who are there doing the work. Lord, we pray you would bless them. I pray you would fill them with your Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and power and understanding of a sound mind, Lord God, that you would stretch forth your hand and do the miraculous through them. Lord, that you would open their mouth, that they would proclaim the gospel clearly, that, Lord, God, their labor would be effective. Father God, open doors for them to be able to preach and proclaim the gospel of Christ. And Lord, we pray for the believers there. Lord, there is such a long pattern in history from, from when Cain rose up and killed Abel, Lord, to when your people, Israel, were trapped in Egypt. And we read, Father, the Egyptians oppressed them. But Father, the more they oppressed them, the more they grew. And Father, when we read about the early church, Lord God, that Nero took the Christians and lit them on fire, but all he did was light the fire of the gospel to spread throughout the Roman Empire. Father, when Diocletian tried to crush it and declared that Christianity would be no more, Ten years later, you would save the man who would be emperor. Father, all the way down through history, when forces of evil have risen up, the gospel has overcome. 
And so, Father, we pray that for India. Lord God, we pray that the gospel would spread and it would overcome. Father, I pray that whatever the government there wants to do, that government does not rule. Jesus, you are King of kings. You are Lord of lords. The nations have always and will continue to rage against you, but you have installed your King on Zion, your holy hill, and all nations will worship him. And so, Lord, I pray for the believers that that vision would sustain them, that they would be kept and maintained. I pray for believers whose names we don't even know, like the woman we heard about this morning, Father, in India and Nepal and Bhutan and Bangladesh and Sri Lanka and the Maldives and all of these places, Pakistan. Lord God, I pray that you would raise them up. We don't know their names, but you know them. In India, many of them have come out of the untouchable caste, but you have been pleased to touch them and to bring them into your kingdom. God, would you fill them with your Holy Spirit? Would you use their words? Father, you can turn Saul of Tarsus into the Apostle Paul. I pray, O oh God, you would do that in India this very day. Lord, I pray. Father, hear our cry for India, this ancient place, this ancient people. Lord, I long for more and more and more people in India to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, hear our prayers. Father, multiply your work there. Lord, we look forward to the day when we are hearing of more and more and more coming. And Father, that you would bring consternation among the, the enemies of the gospel, that they would find out the more they do to try and oppress and stop the gospel, the more it would multiply. And you would use that very thing to open their eyes and to even bring them in. Father, we are grateful for the work you have done in our lives and the work you are doing to the farthest corners of the earth. Lord, we pray you would continue it until the day when Jesus comes and is recognized by all for who he is, the King of the nations. We ask this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Friends, let's stand together. We're going to conclude with a word of benediction. And there's nothing else I would choose this morning other than Psalm 67. Yes, Amen. Uh, let's go ahead. We're going to pray and, uh, and receive the Lord's blessing. May God bless us and turn his face upon us and make it shine upon us so that his name will be known among all nations, his praise among all peoples. Go forth full of all the blessings of God through Jesus Christ and be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. For more teachings and resources or to learn more about the mission's work that Bay Ridge supports, please go to www.brcc.church.